All right, we are back. It is week nine of the Big Sky Conference. Bear Tycoon, Hot Take Nate, we are back together again after a two-week hiatus. It is so good to see you again, Bear Tycoon. The Dream Team's back. Nate, we're back. so happy to be here. How was your bye week? Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, my bye week was fantastic. Uh, went over to Seattle, got to go to the uh, Washington-Oregon game, which was fantastic. Great atmosphere there mm-hmm. uh, on campus in Seattle, and then got to go to the Seahawks-Ravens game on Sunday afternoon. Uh, Lamar Jackson is for real. That dude was <laughs> fun as hell to watch. He was he was carving up my team. I'm I'm a, I'm a Seahawks fan, but man, it was it was worth it just to see him play. So, dude is for real. It was a great bye week in Seattle. A little rainy, not too warm, but saw a lot of football. Had some good beers, and there was no Montana State Bobcats football stressing me out. So, all in all, just a fantastic weekend. That's good. Yeah. I and I didn't even get to talk to you. What did you do during your bye week uh, a couple weeks ago? Uh, I I had family in town. Uh so okay. really really took it easy that bye week. Um it, it was it's just so relaxing. We don't have a game it to look forward to. I mean, I was talking myself into like, "Oh shit, we got this tough Sacramento State team, but look, we got a bye week. We're going to, you know, be have time to prepare. This is perfect. The Grizz are going to come out fresh and prepared against Sacramento State. They don't have a home field advantage. What what possibly could go wrong? And then uh return this Saturday just to uh, be completely disappointed with the yeah. outcome of that game. Sac State is pretty good. They're legit. They're not even frisky anymore. They're unbelievable. Confirmed. Confirmed. Lamar Confirmed Jackson. Unbelievable. Sacramento State. Pretty good at football. Yes. Pretty good at football. Really fun to watch, actually. Um, there's yeah, a, it's a, it's a, there's a oh, uh, sorry to interrupt. The, the Sac State after they won, there's a video they post on Twitter of like all of them celebrating and dancing in the middle of the field. Um, two things stood out. One, there was fireworks after the game. Um, that really? all these Sac State players were were uh, dancing underneath. I don't know if it was homecoming or what, but uh, looked like a good. It atmosphere. was homecoming. And then in addition to that. Their mascot, who is just a hilarious bee, a guy in a bee costume, was <laughs> in the middle of it, dancing with everybody. So Hell yeah. Th- that bee was the silver lining of the Grizz loss. Uh, at least I got to see that. His name has to be Buzz, right? You would think so. There, there's like no way it can't be Buzz. I'm looking it up. Okay. Well, you're looking that up. But yeah, that was uh, that was something we'll talk about here in a second. We just got, I mean, it's just such a great uh, sports season right now. We have, you know, we had the pennant ending last week. We had the World Series starting this week. We have NBA starting. We have the Big Sky Conference really heating up and you're starting to see that uh, that separation between the teams that you think are going to make and in get into the playoffs. Those teams that once again, or not, and then you just have these surprise teams like Sacramento State, who just came out of absolutely nowhere, a la Portland State a few years back, UC Davis last year, uh, Southern Utah a few years back, where just out of nowhere, a Big Sky team with zero facilities, no fan base, just comes out of nowhere and, and starts beating the big boys in the conference, which is unbelievable. Yeah, the B's name is Herky. H-E-R-K-Y. He just turned... Uh, 70 years old. How, how do you get herky for a hornet? I don't know. Is that like a is there a definition of herky like if you looked it up? Uh, is it a there insect are theories thing? in folklore as to what herky stands for. Some say it's short for Hercules, the mythical Greek hero. Others say he's named after the USS Hercules, which shot combat in World War II. However, Sac State athletic director and marketing promotion uh Adam Primus 
said he isn't sure if any of, the, any of these ideas are true. People say it's folktale. It's a legend. And I don't correct them. Uh, there is an article uh, written about this. State- and that's all it was. It was like basically like, <laughs> State- we have no clue why we named our mascot Herky. Statehornet.com. Is Interesting. The website. Yeah. This must be their school newspaper. Anyways, thanks for ruining my weekend. That's uh, yeah, some good uh, that's some good investigative journalism by the Sacramento State newspaper. Well, and also us bringing this story to life. Well, yeah, I mean, there we we will get to the bottom of why he is named Herky because it makes literally zero sense. Yeah, obviously they couldn't write an article about it. We have no idea still why uh, his name is Herky. I thought it'd be Buzz, maybe Stinger. Yeah, Buzz makes sense. He he's a very like horny. Horny would be good. Uh, could be For problematic. The kids would love horny, especially in California. Um, he is like a very modern looking hornet. He's very like futuristic looking. I did not notice this on Saturday. He's very muscular. <laughs> it's like they tried to make him cool, uh, and they they succeeded. He was dominating that dance party. And you have to dance if you're Sac State and you're doing this out of absolutely nowhere. Yep. Yep. But good we'll get to them. that one in a second. Good for them. It is good for them. We are going to go around the big sky, look at the scores from last week, give our kind of instant and quick analysis on what was going on in week nine. Again, I didn't watch a ton of big sky football last week because I wanted a full separation after Montana State's loss to Sac State. Yep. So I really kind of went um, – I needed a refresh, almost a rehab, if yeah. you will. After yeah. that Sacramento State loss. So I did I did watch the Montana Sac State game, so I can comment on that. And I kind of just watched the scores when I was in Seattle uh, at that UW game. But we'll start out the earliest game, the noon game, the game that nobody will ever care about. Portland State, Northern Colorado. Portland State takes this one 38-30. I don't even know what we talk about when we talk about this game. Except the fact that this was the Portland State Vikings' first conference loss, which is kind of insane. Yeah, well, I think that is uh, the thing we need to talk about. Is Portland State is five and three overall, and they have they could potentially get into the playoffs. They have an insanely hard schedule uh, to close the year, um, but in theory, the Vikings still in playoff contention. They can still get to seven FCS wins. And they could still win the conference, for that matter. Sac, would, Sac State would have to take, you know, an L at some point the rest of this season for. Yeah. Uh, well, Sac State or Weber State. I think they play Weber State this weekend. UC Davis plays but, Weber. I'm sorry, UC Davis plays Weber. Okay, Sac State plays Cal Poly. Anyway, yeah. uh, so Sac State and Weber are the only two undefeated in conference right now, but Portland State with only that one loss to Idaho State a few weeks back, but they've only beat Southern Utah, Idaho, and Northern Colorado. Kind of the. The bottom of the barrel in the big sky. They do have at NAU uh, this weekend. We'll talk about that game a little bit later. And then Montana, UC Davis, EWU. So a pretty tough schedule to end it, but pretty surprising the Portland State kind of sneaky 3-1, and one, even though nobody really uh, gives them any credit for it considering their you know two out-of-conference wins were against Simon Fraser and Eastern Oregon. So. Yeah, uh, both terrible schools. And, like, you know, their record, this is a perfect case of, uh, you know, someone taking advantage of a shitty schedule to for sure. uh, move up in the rankings, like hats off to them. But if you look at the underlying they didn't make numbers, their schedule. look at, look at their underlying numbers. It's like their quarterback, they're playing Northern Colorado. Their quarterback only threw for 170 yards. Uh, they just controlled the time of possession. They controlled the game. 
uh, on the ground. It's like, it's not, this would not have been a fun game to watch. The 4,357 people that made it out uh, to Greeley to watch this game were probably not very impressed by by either team. Portland State though, it was a did weird... control the ball for like 35 yeah. minutes. So it was a weird game something. when you look at the when you look at the stats between the passing and the rushing. Like Northern Colorado actually had a ridiculously balanced game: 300 yards through the air and 200 yards on the ground. The funny part was that of the 300 in the air and the 197 on the ground. Jacob Nip had all 300 through the air and he had 127 <laughs> of the 197 on the ground. So he, that has to be 75% of their yards. Their total yards was Jacob Nip between his passing and rushing. So you can see they are kind of a one trick pony in Greeley. I don't know if they've ever been more than a one trick pony yeah. ever, well. but, but Portland state gets the win. Davis Alexander, their quarterback had to do nothing. Sergio Hoffman had 221 yards on the ground for Portland state. So, um, like you said, they controlled that that time of possession with just a ground and pound game. It looks like, but yeah, it's like I, who I figure gives we it, who gives a shit about this game. Yeah, nobody. The, nobody. The only thing that stands out, the only like interesting wrinkle, I suppose, is that, uh, they did control the ball for almost thirty five minutes. I just looked it up while you were talking. Time of possession in the country: one hundred twenty four teams in the FCS. Portland State ranked number five. In terms of time of possession, number one is some good research right there. Thirty-four minutes per game, they're controlling the ball, and that that includes two uh, FBS games there. So I don't know what that they have a strategy. Yeah, (laughs) translates to one conference loss. (laughs) Just eating up the clock. Some shitty teams. Yeah. Yep. Getting back to Portland as quickly as possible. That is their plan. Yes. (laughs) That's everybody's plan when they're in Greeley. Just get back to where you came from as quick as possible. Yeah. All right. Next game. That. Next game, Northern Arizona traveled to Weber State. They were up twenty-one to fourteen at half. Everybody was wondering, is this the is this the the first week the first conference loss for Weber State coming at the hands of Northern Arizona? But much like Northern Arizona did when they traveled to Bozeman, they got that first half lead and they saw it basically disappear instantly in the second half. Weber State scores thirty-seven points in the second half to Northern Arizona's seven. Which led to that fifty-one to twenty-eight win. We were pretty comfortably, or had that had this game very comfortably in the second half. It wasn't even a game uh, after halftime. Let me ask like you this, Arizona's. Nate. I have a question for you. Um, we we try to look, you know, see what happened. We look for discrepancies. See if this is bad. All right, Weber State rushed for four hundred and forty-three yards uh, compared to Northern Arizona's sixteen yards. A difference in rushing of 427 yards. Is that bad? It's not good. Not good. Not very good. It's not good at all. No. But, I mean, so I said this on uh, Big Sky Big Takes, but I'm repeating myself here. Uh, We keep talking about Weber State not having a great offense. And that is a narrative that, you know, I think is pretty firm in all the uh, Big Sky conference uh, the folks that pay t- attention to the Big Sky Conference, here are their point totals. Weaver State's point totals in FCS w- wins. They're five and zero in the FCS. Here, they have scored forty-one points twice, twenty-nine points twice, and then fifty-one points against Northern Arizona. I think that you know that's a lot of points. They don't have a great passing game, but they are taking care of business on the ground. Yeah, Josh Davis ran for three hundred and twenty-eight yards and four <laughs> touchdowns by himself. Yeah, that is so many yards, and they had another one. Not if 
You have one guy who rushed for 328 yards, and then you had another guy who rushed for 111 yards. And then you have a team even, that you're playing that rushes for 16 yards. 16 yards. And the even more impressive thing is like Josh Davis, okay, 328 yards. He had 34 carries. You're like, that's not a great average. And so you're like, well, yeah, if I do the math, it is. It's 9.6 <laughs> yards per carry, and he yeah. had 34 freaking carries. Yeah. Unbelievable. And Unbelievable. that Chris Jackson dude averaged five yards a carry and had three touchdowns. They had seven touchdowns on the ground. Unbelievable. Yeah. So I think Northern Arizona can't stop them, the run at all. No, they're they are officially dead, right? Done, done. We Three always, and four, one and two in the conference. They're done, done. Yeah, and just having they haven't looked impressive in a in a single game this year. In the first half, they've looked impressive in two games. That's true, but not you have to look at the game as a whole. <laughs> you and have to look at the game as a whole. That's what they that's what they keep records with is that is that final score in the fourth quarter, yep, not the no final score at halftime. No one cares who wins the most first quarters. It is all about but the really, final score. Northern Arizona, woof. Holy Oof, Yeah, but we have to say congratulations to the 10th year senior, Case Cookus. Mm-hmm. Good for him. What, what record did he set? Uh, most touchdowns for a quarterback in Northern Arizona history. There you go. Case Cookus. Most touchdowns in Northern Arizona history through the air. So we had uh, we had Lance Hartzler, the beat reporter for uh, uh, one of the papers down in Arizona that covers NAU closely uh, on Big Sky Big Takes last night, and he is – not very high on their new coach. And he says that he's treating it like he's running a very uh, big, you know, division one FBS program. Like he's blocking out all the press from doing stuff. It's like, come on, man, if you are Northern Arizona, you're competing against all these FBS schools, all these pro teams in Arizona, like you should, you should be welcoming the press in. What, what are you doing, man? Open arms. Yeah, that should be as. I feel policy. like there's not a massive press corps in Flagstaff anyway. Yeah, so he's Might just well blocking get... like the one guy trying to cover him. <laughs> he's like, "Can I come like... in?" You're like, "No, stay <laughs> out, sir." Are you on the team? Well, nope. All right, see you later. But yeah, there. Northern Arizona's wins. Missouri State. Uh, Western. I don't even know who this is. Western. Western somebody. Mexico. Um, and then Northern Colorado. So that is, uh, not, it's not going to get you to the playoffs. Missouri state currently sitting at one and five. So not good. Yeah. But it was fun watching that game because it was the first big side conference game of the year on that Thursday night. Yeah. So it was fun to watch that game. I like that game. Sure. Yeah. They look pretty good, but for like six weeks, weeks, we, we couldn't say, where NAU stood, we can officially say right now, done, done. Done, done, for sure, for sure. They're done. So the next game we go to is is always going to be one of our favorites. The rivalry that nobody even knows exists. <laughs> Idaho State, the Bengals, and the Idaho Vandals in the battle for what is it? Do they even have a – is it a battle, trophy? Is it Battle a, of the Domes because they both – Playing domes for they both playing domes. Is that the official one, or did we just make that up? I, I, that's a good question. I don't know. Uh, that's what it's been. That's what all the Idaho guys have been referring to it as. But I don't know if they made it up. So we don't know if it's the official title or not. Anyway, let's call. It, we, let's just call it. It is the official title. Okay, the Battle of the Domes went on uh, this weekend in Moscow, I believe, is where Idaho is located. Yep. Correct. Yeah. And the weirdest team in the conference, the Idaho Vandals, 
yes. somehow come out of with a 45 to 21 win against an Idaho State team that people thought might be a little bit frisky. Yeah. Last year, Idaho State shit canned Idaho in their first uh, game since dropping down to FBS or FCS. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Do you think that was on their minds when they just shit canned Idaho State 45 21 this weekend? I think so. It really seems like Paul Petrino is picking and choosing which games he wants to. It uh, goes directly into our conspiracy theory. It totally does. It is their way. They I lost mean, twenty-four to nothing to Portland State the weekend before, <laughs> and, to and, and and kept and they only lost by six to Weber, and then yeah. lost to Northern Colorado, and then beat a ranked EWU team at the time. Like it doesn't make any sense. Besides yeah. him just trying to screw with every single person in that athletic department to where they're just like at the end of the year, just like fuck it, I don't know. Like we have to fire him because I'm confused <laughs> as hell. Give him yeah. his money. Let's just bring in someone we know what's going to do. Either lose or win. We we hate having to go into this weekend wondering what the hell is going to happen. Yep. So they are. They have not won a game on the road, um, and they are three and one at home. The one loss coming at Weaver State. So by only six. Yeah, maybe he just likes so weird playing in at home. He likes having forty five hundred fans cheering for him. Maybe that gets him up, and he can't get excited. Gets him going. Um. Any of these other games, it is just so so bizarre. It's bizarre, and it's like, I mean, he, if he ahead. loses this rivalry game, almost like a Bob Stitt, if he loses his second in a row, he's gone. And so you have to think that was on his mind. He's like, all right, here I'm going to do that thing where the roller coaster goes back up again. Yeah, I'm going to win the rivalry game. That I have no idea how much it means in Idaho because they have Boise State and everything. But uh, really weird, and yeah, he he probably just saved his contract for another year, a la Jeff Choate. I just think win that, that rivalry Idaho, game, man. I think Idaho views Boise State as like their big rival. From what I've gathered in in the past six months of really dissecting the the psyche of Idaho fans, it seems like they view Boise State, their fan base views Boise State as their rival. They follow them up to the FBS, um, like it is that is their pissing contest. Boise State does not feel the same way. Oh, um, I, and I think I Idaho State, State knows they're there. Yeah, I think Idaho State views Idaho as its rival, but Idaho pretends to be too good um, for that rivalry and doesn't consider them a rival. Huh. Very odd. Yeah. What yeah, a, and the thing is, weird we, we really never had, you know, met any Idaho fans until last year when the uh, Tubbs at the Club guys came and said, hey, let's kind of collaborate for a little bit. And then this year, obviously, we had Brian Marceau who came over for our uh, Big Sky Basketball, did a great job writing things up. So, and now is doing the, you know, all this football stuff with us. And you're right, we never got an insight into the psyche of Idaho fans until this year. And it's a weird place. Yeah, it is pretty weird. It's like, it's a big state school. Like- They're not weird. They're not but weird. But Idaho's weird. They're great. They're great. They're great. Let the record show. Let Those the record guys, show that I was not talking shit about Brian and Chris. No, we love them. Great but guys. But it is weird. Uh, there's a, Yeah, there's a few Idaho fans on Twitter where it is. It's like they're living on a different planet. Like just, yeah. <laughs> trying it's to, odd. Trying, trying and, to argue. And you have like Idaho. You have like, still. Do you know that's like a legit argument with Idaho fans? Is like, well, how are we going to get back into the FBS? Uh, Dog, you're never going to get back into the FBS. <laughs> unless 
unless the realignment happens where the power five conferences are their own thing, like division one power five, yes. and then all of us go to like some massive conference. that's like division one, non power five, then you'll be on the same plane as some FBS schools. But until then you're not even a blip in the big sky radar, let alone a blip on the FBS national scale. <laughs> I can't imagine there's a lot of, like, if if the FBS or any conference was looking to expand, I cannot imagine there'd be, like, an athletic director uh, or a commissioner of, of one of these conferences being like, hmm, maybe we should give Idaho another shot. That went really well last yeah, time. Yeah, it's like Idaho's on every athletic director and conference <laughs> commissioner's speed dial. Like, I cannot wait to press that button. We need Idaho. We need them at the right time, but this is what's going to set our conference apart. What do you think would work better for, like, uh, the Pac-12, right? I'd imagine that is one conference that Idaho views itself as potentially joining. <laughs> Their fans um, probably do, yeah. <laughs> but what what do you think would be better for the conference? One, option one, invite Idaho in as the 13th team. Uh, or two, just tell like UCLA, you guys can have two teams this year. You can have, you can have, you know, a hundred guys like, just split it like into Like your two scout rosters. team? No, it's just like they're both in, it's like UCLA, uh, blue team, UCLA, gold team. You're both in the Pac-12 now. Don't you think they'd go to UCLA? Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So, poor Idaho. But great win for them. Uh, I predicted... <laughs> hey, they won their rivalry game. Yep. I don't know if you listened um, last week, but Parlay and I predicted the scores in every game. I correctly predicted Idaho as the winner. I incorrectly predicted the final score, which I assumed would have been 6-0. to zero. Um, but yeah, good for them. And I did listen because you did make me work on my bye week and I mixed last week's podcast. Oh yeah. Thanks. So there was that. Yeah. You're welcome. Um, Company man. Idaho can get to six wins, six FCS wins, which is not going to be enough to get in the playoffs, but I think they have a decent conference record. Um, but regardless, they have Cal Poly, Montana, Sac State at NAU, uh, pretty, pretty tough road. So, Uh, so I know we're not looking two weeks ahead yet, but do you think that Idaho views Montana? Does Paul Petrino view Montana as the game that he screws with his athletic directors by winning or losing? Well, it's on the road, right? I, I don't know. If I can't, can but you don't know what he's going to do. Like you would want to say like, he can't win on the road. They're going to lose his game. And then all of a sudden he's going to up and win it just yeah. to, just to screw with everybody's minds. Well, I'm not confident in them. Uh, I'm not confident like that. That's a game that I'll be sweating through the entire, the entire thing. Oh, by the way, uh, just looking at their schedule from last year, Idaho, two years in the big sky conference, zero, zero road wins in that time. Holy crap. Are you serious? Yeah. Not that's good research win. by our stats department. Yeah. Thanks. Stats boy. The last road win they had was December 2nd, 2017 at Georgia state. A game we can all remember. We all can remember that because Georgia State went on the road five years later and beat Tennessee this year. That's correct. And And that's why people look back and think that Idaho should be in the FBS still. (laughs) Yeah. Um, (laughs) Good Lord. Hey, Matt, that, that Cotton kid, Jeff Cotton, I think is his name for Idaho. Yeah. Remember when we made fun of uh, Luke on the origin, on the first Big Sky Big Takes, <laughs> yeah. and he yep. took Jeff Cotton as a receiver, and we we're like, yep, "Who he's the been hell awesome. is that?" Yep. Dude had like 192 yards receiving in this game, so he's pretty cool. 
Yeah, he's cool. Someone tried. He's so good that someone tried to take him uh, last night in the Big Sky Big Takes Fantasy Builder, not realizing that Idaho was on a bye week this week. So that's how much value Jeff Cotton has. <laughs> it's not a it's not a keeper league. Whoever did that, <laughs> who did that? I haven't I really listened to it yet. I forget. It wasn't Parlay. I forget who else. It was, was a shit show last night too because someone took a quarterback from North Dakota who's not even in the conference. Yeah, we let it happen though because, I mean, he's kind of in the conference. We haven't really set the rules on, on North Dakota. The games count. I feel like the rule, games. the rules in that are very fluid. Mm-hmm. But yes. that's all right. Yeah. All right. So that was, we didn't even go to any stats. But we just love talking about Idaho on this podcast. Love it. Love it. Great win, Idaho guys. Congrats, Chris and Brian. They can say congrats. Yeah, congrats to them. To them. They're very happy. Okay. I was on a side text with them. They're very happy. Uh, good for them. Good for them. All right. Next game we had on the docket North Dakota at Cal Poly went down to San Luis Obispo. UND got that win at the end 30 to 26. I didn't watch this game at all. Nope. Next game. Who cares? Well, the only reason I do care a little bit uh-huh. is that we are going to North Dakota this week. Oh, good point. All right. Fair point. But besides that, um, when I look at ESPN and I look at the full or the scoring plays, it does look like uh, North Dakota scored a go-ahead touchdown. They were down 26-24 to with a buck 50 left in the game. 39-yard pass. From Nate Ketteringham to Alex Cloyd, put him up. Cloyd put him up thirty to twenty six with one forty left. I'm sorry, with one forty nine left, and that was all she wrote. Because as you know, Cal Poly, uh, they can't play in the fourth quarter. They'll never get momentum against a good team and cannot come back from three scores down because they're an option team. Yeah, they- except that they did that against the Cats <laughs> and scored twenty one unanswered in the fourth. Oh man, are you nervous about this game coming up? Um, yeah. I mean, I'm nervous for every game now. Uh, I took that Sac State loss pretty hard. Um, I might have talked a lot of crap about Tucker Rovig. Yep, we were all there. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm a little bit nervous. We'll get to that though. Okay. Preview. Five thousand one hundred eighty-six in attendance at that Cal Paul game. By the way. Wow. Yeah. So North Dakota, North Dakota, like, what are you guys doing? If you have a chance to travel, fly from wherever the hell you fly out of, um, where's North Dakota at again? It's not Fargo. It's uh, Grand Forks. That sounds right. All you people from Grand Forks that listen to us, when you get the chance in October to fly out of the snowy shithole of North Dakota and go to a coastal city like San Luis Obispo, you take advantage of that. There should have been 10,000 North Dakota fans there. Missed opportunity uh, to go to one of the most temperate and nice locations in the Big Sky Conference. Yeah. Yeah. They really did screw up an opportunity, but this game put up more points than I expect them that they would have. Uh, 56 points total. But, I mean, Cal Poly, done, done. They're over with right so it's just they hard are to, oh yeah hard to They're get excited with north dakota is this weird kind of ghost that's flying in and out of the big sky conference. i don't like them i don't like them at all i just don't like the fact that they count as conference and like they literally just haven't i don't know i just don't like it yeah they can make the playoffs at large i'm assuming yeah no they can't i mean they're they could they're they qualify for the playoffs that's but, what i mean yeah yeah they uh their schedule They've beat 
maybe four FCS wins so far. They could get to eight. Yeah. Yeah. We'll pretty, see. Pretty good. Anyways, <laughs> no more of that. Um, nope. Next game. This one was actually really interesting. UC Davis. I don't know what they are. Nobody knows what they are. So Davis uh, traveled down to Cedar City, Utah. Yep. Yep. Uh, beat the Southern Utah Thunderbirds, the hapless 1-7, and 0-4 conference Thunderbirds, 33-25. to That's a pretty close game when it's mm-hmm. UC Davis, a national championship contender at the beginning of this year, we all thought, against a 1-7, and 0-4 team, only winning by 8. <laughs> yeah. So Utah put they up let 18 in the fourth quarter. 18 in the fourth quarter, yeah. I saw that. So pretty crazy little comeback there for Southern Utah. Uh, they did score their last field goal. They, they kicked a field goal with 59 seconds left, tried the onside kick, and did not get it back. But they would if they would have got that onside kick, they actually had a chance. They had about a minute to try and get down the field score, a touchdown and a two-point conversion. Um, so I would say a very poor showing by UC Davis in this game. When you let Southern Utah – Comeback score 18 in the fourth quarter after you really could have just put him away. It was 33 to, uh, Jesus. It was 33 to seven going into the. It was 33 to seven going into the fourth, and you let them come back and get within eight. Um, not a great showing. Jake Mayermeyer had 271 yards through the air, just not impressive against a team like Southern Utah. And even Southern Utah's quarterback had 313 yards through the air, um, no touchdowns, but um, he got outplayed by a Southern Utah quarterback. Yeah, uh, yards make, yards wise, I guess. Can I make an observation? Not you may. not an accusation, of course. On the record, this is not an accusation. Just an observation. An observation. Observation. UC Davis up uh, thirty three to seven, twenty six points going into the fourth quarter. The line in the game fourteen points. Davis. That's kind of uh, I don't know what happened. Let Southern Utah. Uh, get in covers the spread eight point game no accusations just pointing out this weird thing um you know maybe maybe someone could say not me but someone could say maybe someone at uc davis wanted the game to get a little closer get a little Hmm. more competitive just it's an interesting thought experiment it's an interesting thought you have to think about it have to think about i don't believe it people are saying it. i don't believe i mean i don't believe we saw it somewhere we saw it i'm a I observe, I'm observing it now, talking about. It. Don't believe you're that observing someone's thoughts that maybe we didn't come up with. Yes, of course. Yeah. Someone probably so this, thought that it was probably someone in attendance because there was three thousand one hundred fifty-six <laughs> people that were in attendance at this game. Yeah. So one of those three thousand one hundred fifty-six probably thought that too. God. But what? I'm sure it was electric in that fourth quarter when Southern Utah was was you know roaring back against a team like this. Uh, I'm sure that Eccles Stadium in Cedar City, Utah, was just absolutely bonkers. Did you? I was watching the game on my phone uh, just to see if they were going to cover, if Davis was going to cover. And uh, did you see the picture I posted on our Twitter of that stand? Of yes. The stands? Yes, I, mean, I did. You can literally count the people. There might be 15 people sitting on that side of the field. The funny part is you're probably, you're probably right. Like when they, in it, so you had three thousand one hundred people there when they like you know when they reported the gates, yeah. And then you're down thirty three to seven going into the fourth quarter. So seventy percent of those people probably left. Yeah. So you probably had four hundred people left in that stadium when Southern Utah was coming back. Yeah. Yep. So 
not not a great look for the Thunderbirds. Not not a great season. Not a great season for Southern Utah. Not a great look really for Davis letting Southern Utah cover um, yeah. in that sense either. But it's a dub for UC Davis, and uh, you know they keep their playoff hopes alive. Yeah. So stay, stay in which is big. You just got to stay alive, right? Yep. So we look at the last game that was on the docket, and there's only one other game it could be with Montana State on a bye. A game that I thought they might lose, Montana might lose, but did not think they were going to lose by the score of 49-22 to at the hands of national power and Herky's team, Sacramento State. The Herky Hornets. Holy moly. The Horny Hornets were all over the field on Saturday night. Under the lights in a, in a rocking stadium in East Sacramento. Yep. Uh, 15,000 fans, which, which is the third biggest non Sac state UC Davis crowd to ever witness a game at that field. Yep. And it is not a field that you go to for the tradition and pageantry of college football in any sense of the, it is God awful. Not a great field. Um, not a great venue. Not a great venue, but but a my God, the product on the field, pretty good football team. Holy shit! Sac State in the Big Sky uh, Podcast Network Power Rankings, beginning of the year, last place in the Montana Mint Sports Pod. Uh, over under, we set it at two. Sac State currently <laughs> on top of the Big Sky Conference Power Rankings and the the standings. Uh, and ranked number seven in the FCS total. Unbelievable. Unbelievable turnaround. And I mean, it's not it's not a fluky schedule that got him. No, this they is are, the, that's the, they're just really good. They I think it was when they beat they they played well against Arizona State, and we were like, okay, interesting. Like mm-hmm. a Pac-12 team that was ranked the next week after they beat Michigan State. Yep, they stuck with them like. In the fourth quarter, they could have like they had a chance to win the game. They weren't getting blown out by like thirty, you know. We were like, okay, that's kind of crazy. Like their quarterback can throw the ball. He, you know, he was keeping up with a Pac-12 um, quarterback in that sense. Next week, I think the next week after that, they murder Northern Colorado fifty to nothing. Yes. And we're like, okay, that's it's a really good showing against a really bad FCS team. But putting up fifty on anybody is 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 hard to do. And you're like, okay, interesting, impressive interesting. win. Yep, impressive. Yeah. Win. And then, you know, they kind of meddle through everything, and, and then they get to Bozeman. And you're thinking, this team is scary. And then you yeah. see what they did to the Cats at home, on homecoming. In, I mean, on the road, I guess, at Bozeman during homecoming. Dominated that game. You know, only, you know, the Cats kept it within two scores, I think. But it wasn't that close if you were watching the game. So then you're starting to think, geez, this team is really for real. Yeah. But next week is going to be the test when they have the Grizz coming to town. The Grizz just looking like, you know, starting off slow against every team, but you then coming out and just absolutely murdering everybody after the slow start. That is not what happened on Saturday. No, they look good. Herky looked good. Um, and this team is going to keep being tested. They, you know, so, I mean, the, their past three wins, Eastern Montana State, Montana, tremendous. Oh, yeah. How did I just forget? I just jumped right from 
Northern Colorado to Montana State without the Eastern Washington yeah, talk. Great win. And you know but, what? As I was watch, as I was talking, I totally lost track of my thought, and I'll do it quickly. Was that when they beat Northern Colorado the fifty to nothing? We were like, "Hey, they might be good, but they are screwed the next three weeks." Yeah. They yeah. go Ewu Montana State Montana. Like there's no way they're getting out of that with any wins. Yep. Boy, were we wrong. Boy, were we wrong. They still bunch of idiots on this podcast. Still have Weber, um, which is the game that. You know, if things that's the game of the year should, now. Yeah, that could decide the conference. It literally is. It will yep. decide. It probably will. Um, and then they end at UC Davis, or they host UC Davis. But the Causeway uh, Classic. Anything can happen in one of those rivalry games. Yep. Five games left. Two two very good opponents. Uh, and yeah, these guys are real. I mean, Kevin Thompson. So unbelievable. Unbelievable. We we uh, talked to Troy Taylor. You might have heard the interview before the that we ran during the Bobcats uh, game, preview for that game. We asked him, what NFL team would you compare the Sacramento State Hornets to? New coach, new team. Sac State was dog shit last year. They were supposed to be bad this year. He said the, the late 80s 49ers, and I laughed in his face. <laughs> like every other coach gave like a pretty realistic answer. Uh Late 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 eighties, San Francisco 49ers. Like, all right, thanks for like, come on, know, ruining my question, douchebag. And then yeah. <laughs> uh, they they might be right. Last night I asked everyone on Big Sky Big Takes to compare them to an uh, other sports story, kind of this worst to first. They were compared to the uh, undefeated current San Francisco 49ers, the Golden State Warriors uh, when they won their first title. Uh, some actor from Harry Potter who apparently now was ugly and now is, is very handsome. And then uh, the last panelist compared them to LeBron's Cavaliers and Kevin Thompson to LeBron. So oh, interesting. properly, properly hyped because Thompson was hurt last year. Yeah. And so he comes back. He's like an eighth year senior too. Yeah. Six touchdowns. Pretty, Dude, pretty he was, good night. He was dropping dimes all over the field. Like, Yep. Well, well, one, I should say one, the Sacramento State receivers were open by about 40 yards every time they threw deep. And on those off chances that they were properly covered, dudes were going up and making like top 10 ESPN plays, like Odell Beckham Jr. catches. Yeah. It was unbelievable to watch that game on Pluto. I was in Seattle. We had the Wazoo game up on the big screen because I, I was with some Wazoo fans. And then we had on my phone, I was watching this game and I just, I, my mouth was just open over and over again. Just being like, how the hell is this happening? Every pass he threw is either a circus catch or they were open by 90 yards. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's they couldn't uh, miss. They dominated that game. It is. I, I pledged last week, you know, if, if the Grizz were going to lose, not going to overreact. And I refuse to overreact. The Grizz lost to a very good football team on the road. True. Um, which, like, it sucks. I'd rather win. But this isn't, like, Portland State last year, where it was a devastating no. loss. Like, this is a loss. Like, they're... The and I think... The, the, the way yeah. the FCS works, you can have a couple losses, especially against good teams. This is a... Yeah, it's not like Georgia or Illinois, or Georgia or Wisconsin losing, where you're basically exactly. done. Exactly. This is they lost to a good team. You can lose a couple games. I think that I think they can beat Sacramento. Um, you know, I think that the Grizz have the talent to beat Sacramento, but I don't know. They they uh they twenty seven points. They did not have it. They did not have anything going on Saturday no. night. 
Um, and you can blame it on, you know, there's a couple shitty ref calls and well, you know, uh, Twitter. We know like, who's blaming it on that. You cannot, you cannot blame a 27 point loss on, on the refs. Just can't no. do it. One and possession, I think I wish one possession. Yeah. Sure. Not 27 points. No. And I wish this game would have actually happened before the Montana state game. I would have like, I would trade this going the week before Montana state and us still losing that game because I think I would have handled the loss a lot better. Um, yeah. Because, you know, maybe in the back of my mind, I'm thinking Eastern Washington's not that great. Sac State got them at home. Uh, you know, they beat Northern Colorado. Who cares? And then they, they do that to Montana State. And I think I had that that FBS mentality where I was like, oh, God, it's a loss. I had such high hopes for this season. The Cats were playing so well. Did we just get, you know, um, exposed for the team that we are by a, by a decent but not great Sacramento State team? But then I watched this game against the Grizz, and they played even better against the Grizz than they did against the Cats. Um, and I was like, okay, I can take a little solace in the fact that they're just a damn good team. Number seven in the country now. And they probably yeah. should be higher, to be honest with you, just because they had to go from not ranked to 15th to seventh. This team is a top five team right now, the way they're playing and who they beat. This is like yeah. the best. This is one of the best stretches by a team you didn't think would do it through the conference that I've ever seen. Yeah. I can't think of a big sky equivalent. I mean, it is. Besides, really, like the really Grizz important. knocking off wins, the Cats doing it in there. You know when they have a strong team, Eastern obviously doing it. But you it, expect Davis that last to year. happen, exactly, and that's what yeah. I mean. Like you never expected a team that's kind of a cellar dweller, like the Sacramento State Hornets, who have never made the playoffs in their program, the the FCS playoffs in their program's history, uh, to go on a run like this is it's unbelievable. Yeah, the uh, and I don't hate it. Like the part is, I'm not. I don't hate it. It's kind of fun. Like they're a fun team to watch. They're a fun team to watch, and it's just good. For the so when like Southern Utah had that run a couple years ago, nobody was showing up to the games. When Portland State started out a little frisky, was it two years ago? Barney uh, Ball, ago, yeah, maybe. Uh, no one was showing up to the games. Sac State looks like they have a fan base that wants to have a good team. I mean, if you get fifty thousand, fifteen thousand people in the stands, that's yeah, that's better than most of these other schools. So. For the good of the conference, having Sac State be good in a big market like Sacramento. And um, that's the thing. Like, that's there's worse outcomes here. So, so the city of Sacramento, like, proper, has about 501,000 people. And if you look at the whole greater Sacramento area, it's easily 2.4 million if you're kind of looking at the, the master. It's, it's a huge area in Northern California that's growing. Yep. And I think that Sac State Athletics starts to get more momentum um, as that as the city kind of moves out east. And this is the kind of season that kind of I think is a catalyst for that kind of stuff for recruiting. They're getting a lot of ballers from the Central Valley who are fringe D, you know, fringe FBS guys, right? Um, yep. They're going down the valley through Stockton, through the Bay Area. Guys that aren't going to go to Berkeley. They're not going to go to Stanford. You know, they're not going to go down to one of the SoCal schools, but they're good ballers, and Sac State can get these guys. And I I don't want to overreact and think that Sac State may become a big sky, you know, an upper an upper tier because we've seen what happens to some of the flash in the pans. But if there was any team that could sustain this, I think it would be Sacramento State because UC Davis could do it in this exact same area. And Sac State's not as easy is not as hard to get into as UC Davis. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I, I do. It's think interesting. That there is, it's an interesting area. Yes, 
this is Sacramento State's ball to drop, right? Like they for sure they now have the the crown um, of kind of being one of these weird teams that's doing well. But we've seen other teams do it, including in this season. Remember eight days ago, and everyone was talking about Idaho State, what a frisky team they were. Um, Sac State is doing something a little bit different, uh, but we have seen this come and go. UC Davis was the, you know, it was, they were first and who was all that matters is all we have to figure out who's going to finish second, third and fourth in the conference. That was our narrative at the beginning of the year. Uh, it's hard to maintain success and there's a lot of season left. So, you know, they have a good team, but they also have a lot of tough games, not willing to crown them yet. Sure. One, one thing want to flag just looking over my notes from the over under podcast. I locked them in, locked them in uh, to one win and nine losses. <laughs> one win yeah one two three four nine losses i had two toss-up games one of those northern colorado the other montana so i predicted beginning of the year this might be a tough game for the grizz just saying <laughs> i like how you spun that from going yeah sax is gonna win one game but i did call two maybe wins and one of those was montana so deal with it yeah nice job nice job so Enough about you know we 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 love Sac State we we like this for the Big Sky but enough about them for the for the time being well I guess it's not because we're gonna go right into our do you have anything else on the before I, I I'm sorry I, I should ask that was rude of me do you have anything else from from last week's games no uh, I mean the one the one thing that really stood out was how good Sac State's defense was they're the the pressure they were getting on the Grizz and in the it was like the was, it was like the Grizz offensive line of last year is what they yeah. kind of look like. Truly, I mean, they, they are real deal good. So Sneed, Sneed injury, we'll talk about it when we kind of look at the Grizz Eastern Washington game this weekend. But, man, he, he, that dude is such a baller. They held him in check, and he got hurt during this game. It was kind of like getting blown out by 27 against Sac State after coming off some pretty big wins for the Grizz is bad enough. But then to have your quarterback on crutches on the sideline uh, during and after the game is literally injury to insult. Yeah, that's kind of the worst case, worst case scenario. Worst case scenario the there, for sure. <laughs> um, um, well, just one last point on Montana. Even with the loss, still ranked number one in the big sky in terms of the Sagarin ratings, number 87 overall. So, Well, luckily these games aren't played in the Sagarin ratings because if they were, uh, you know, if, if, if Montana and Sacramento State played again, Montana would be, you know, they're ranked ahead of them right now. So. Luckily, these games aren't played in uh, spreadsheets and dorks' houses. <laughs> and Thank they're God. on the field. Thank yeah. God, because Montana would win the conference. That's true. <laughs> so so we look at uh, the stats FCS poll after last week's games. Rankings as of 10-21. They came out on Monday. We knew there was going to be some movement. There was some some losses in the top uh, – in the top, actually, quite a few losses in the top ten. Uh, Big Sky teams that are in the top twenty-five right now. We have Weber State at number four. They held strong. We have Sacramento State making that big leap that we've talked about from non-ranked to fifteenth last week to number seven. So they are ranked above Illinois State at eight, and then Montana State at nine. Montana at ten. Montana dropped uh, five spots um, from five to ten, and Montana State obviously sh- such a strong bye week. <laughs> Uh, that they moved up from 12th to 9th, I think. And I think that has to be people penalizing them less for the Sacramento State loss react yeah. like two I, weeks I after the fact. Yeah, it has that. to be. 
Yeah. People are like, ooh, we have to drop them to 12 from 6 because they lost a, an unranked Sac State team. And then all of a sudden, Sac State knocks off the number 5 team. They're like, ooh, that loss wasn't so bad. Yeah, not too bad. So what a great, great bye week for the Bobcats moving up three spots. Getting that one spot right ahead of the Grizz. Thank you. Uh, one spot ahead of the Grizz, which is always fun as well. Uh, I don't think I saw that coming. I thought maybe it would be flip-flopped, obviously, but it wasn't, and deal with it. Uh, Davis rounds out the Big Sky teams in the top 25, moving up one spot to number 22, something you never thought would be that the Sacramento area team that would be in the top 10 would be Sac State, and Davis would be at 22 and basically a loss away from falling out of the top 25. The Pac-12 would probably rather have Sacramento State than Idaho, just because oh, for of the sure. metro area, right? If they could get better yeah. sustain this, they'd rather have them. For sure. So we both that, that lost means we both yeah. lost to Sac State and then Idaho also lost because now they're stealing their D one Thunder. For sure. Yeah. And like Sacramento as a city, probably a little bit better than Moscow. Maybe, yeah. Ooh, it's a little little Sacramento trivia that literally no one is gonna care about, but I'm gonna do it anyway. Okay. Uh Perfect. they got officially got their MLS team uh, given to them this week. Oh, congratulations, Sacramento! Yeah, so they're gonna yeah they're gonna be building a brand new stadium in downtown Sacramento, uh, not too far from the Golden One Center where the Kings, where the Kings play. So Sacramento, read an article that most people moving out of San Francisco are moving to Sacramento. So I am going on record now. Sacramento is going to be the hottest spot in Northern California in the next five to ten years. Okay. I will remember that, and we will circle back that to down. it in five to Do you think we'll years. have this podcast in five to ten years? Yeah, probably. Okay. What else are we going to do? That's a good question. Oh, speaking of podcasts, um, for everyone still listening, <laughs> we... You made it. You made it 30, made it. 49 minutes in. Holy shit. Good job. Um, Hot Take Nate and I, uh, the Grizz Fan Pod guys, Montana Parlay, all coming to Bozeman for Cat Grizz. Considering, yep. considering, uh, tossing around, talking to a couple people about doing a live show, uh, probably combined with with all of us. If with, that is something you'd be interested in, we know that we know how many people listen to this, but we don't know how many people actually like us or would drive to see us do this podcast. If this is something you'd be interested in, tweet at the Grizz Fan Pod. And say I want I want to see you guys do a live show at Cat Grizz. Tweet and then say who you want to see the most, which personality you want to see the most. Yeah, don't do that. That would probably hurt my feelings. Um, whether it be to assault by a beer, really anything. Like rough outline, do a show. Probably pay like ten dollars to get in. You guys see the show and you get a beer. Um, something you're interested in at Grizz Fan Pod. Let them know, and we might be able to get this going. Anyways. What else are we talking about, Nate? Well, just uh, yeah, I just wanted to go through those those uh, the FCS poll there and talk about the the Big Sky teams are in and the fact that you know Sacramento State's the second highest big uh, Big Sky team ranked right now. I uh, also wanted to talk about you know we had the campaign what was it two weeks ago three weeks ago now uh, hashtag FCS on game day was that what yeah. it was yeah yep yeah well they listened. Thanks to us. Nice job, Bear Tycoon. Yep. You too. Congrats. Thank you. I was waiting for it. Um, <laughs> North Dakota State and South Dakota State will be representing the FCS on game day. 
It's awesome. This weekend. So game day will be traveling to Vermilion. Yep. Vermilion in South Dakota. (laughs) We got our Dakota cities down this this week. Oh, yeah. Um, so South Dakota State is going to be hosting game day, which is really cool. The first FCS one in there in a or not there, but the first FCS one in a little while for ESPN to travel to. I think it's called the Dakota Marker Game. Uh, so it's North Dakota State number one, South Dakota State number three. Two very good teams. One loss between them. They're thirteen and one uh, total. And South Dakota State's loss, I'm fairly certain, was to a uh, FBS school, uh, Minnesota, where they should have won that game. They, they yeah. actually should have won that game against Minnesota. So two really good teams. The game's obviously not going to be on ESPN, but game day will be there for the pregame show. That's pretty cool. Um, yeah, and and so. I think Wisconsin losing last weekend let this happen. I think that's right. And I think that the way the FCS shook out, uh, you know, assuming they had, you know, circled a few weekends of where there's good FCS matchups, they knew this game was coming. They knew it was Montana Eastern um, coming up this weekend. And so I bet you they're waiting for some things to shake out. And with Easter not being great, with the Grizz losing, um, and kind of you know, assuming they'd fall out of the top ten, this is a no-brainer game to do. This is a great representation yeah, of the FCS. This is from a pure football perspective. Um, I mean, this is this is great. I think for I mean, obviously for those two teams for their conference, but I think the FCS in general, uh, just getting more and more exposure to to this game and you said the game's not going to be on espn that's true it will however be on espn plus like true yeah sorry sorry yeah uh missouri valley conference game you're right how would i ever how could i ever forget that it'll be streaming on the espn platform yes because that's the only way to do it in 2019 um the other thing is i think it's bullshit when everybody says i'm not everybody i shouldn't put everybody into this but when people especially grizz fans it's mostly grizz fans because they have an obsession with stadium sizes saying like i can't believe that they're going to this South Dakota State, they have a high school stadium. They could have had a better representation in U of M if they came for a home game. Stop talking shit about other people's stadiums and just put a product on the field that makes game day want to come. Well, I also, just saw a few tweets we've shown out off our, our stadium when True. we beat North Dakota State. And it, what, it's I not mean, all about stadiums. It's a lot about stadiums. Um, not a lot about stadiums. And when you got a good stadium, you got to show it off. And we yes, do. but don't talk don't proud. talk down about FCS going somewhere else just because they don't have a stadium like Washington Grizzly. Yeah, I don't actually recall anyone making that argument. I think you just created. I will a straw find them man. for you. Yeah, nope. please. I do. will find it. Tweet them at me. I, I, I will tweet happy, them at you. Happy tweet to them out there right after we get done with this show. Happy to consider. I thought it was, BS. It was right. BS, and I tried to uh, tweet out the person who did it, and then uh, my phone died. I think or something. I don't know. Oh, so convenient. Then they blocked you. Yeah. Now you can't find them. Um, <laughs> well, they wouldn't block me because I never sent it to them. <laughs> but nonetheless, always the more uh, pretty cool to have FCS, yeah, back awesome. on game day. So Objectively nice awesome. Job. Congrats to uh, you know I know Commissioner Worcester Shelf of the of Big Sky uh, was really pushing this, uh, but congrats to everyone who got this done. It is it's just great great for this level of football. Yeah. So you did talk a little bit about, you know, the Grizzlies and Washington game that was coming up this weekend. Maybe game day had that one circled on their calendar and was like, hmm, maybe this might be a top 15 matchup between the Grizz and Eastern Washington at a, at a decent stadium in Missoula. Well, I mean, a month ago, right? A month ago, that was a great matchup. The Grizz were the Grizz were rolling and Eastern only had the, the Jacksonville hadn't State played loss. Sac State yet. <laughs> right. <laughs> Eastern hadn't played the rest of their games where they looked terrible. Um, so. But 
yeah, a month ago, the, that game was probably on their radar. Um, and it is not anymore. No, it's not anymore. And it's, and that's obvious because they announced where it was going. So, um, yeah, it's going to be an interesting game this weekend. Uh, you have Montana who you did some more research and, 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 uh, found out that Dalton's need probably not going to go this weekend. So he's listed on the, this, we're recording this on Wednesday night. He's listed on the depth chart that they put out. Um, it's, it's him and Cam Humphrey as the, as the quarterback um, it's, or, you know, they're not listed um, in the depth chart as one and two. Uh, they're both kind of listed there, which to me signals that he is probably not going to play though. The Grizz, you know, they don't need this win necessarily. They can still drop another FCS game, but you also don't want to be in a position where you have to win out your last four games, which includes Especially, tough games against yeah. Weber and Montana state. So to end the season, uh, which is insane. Yeah, had they beat Sac State and Dalton was banged up, he'd be like, all right, like let's not rush him back. Um, we just got to win you know, a handful of more games for the end of the year, still get in the playoffs. That's the end goal, get in the playoffs, do some damage. Uh, if Sneed can play, I think he has to play, but I'm just skeptical that with an injury like that, when someone's on crutches on, on Saturday, if he's able to come back and play seven days later, it just seems seems unlikely, um, and I hope that if he does play, he's not risking anything by doing so. But yeah, coming um, back like Kevin Durant. Yeah, exactly. It's um, not good. So we'll see. They're keeping everything pretty close hold, which is not a surprise with with a coach Houck. Um and I think we'll probably not know until until game day. Yeah, and I, I think we all just kind of assume that he's not going to be able to go, and Houck does want to play it a little closer to the vest in terms of, you know, announcing who his starter is going to be. And, you know, maybe they want Eastern just to prepare a little bit for a quarterback like Snead, and then maybe they'll, they'll you know, trot Humphreys out there. Uh, speaking of Humphreys, I read a little bit about him. He is kind of a traveler. He was a FBS quarterback, went the JUCO route, and then came to uh, Montana to be Snead's backup, basically. Uh, Halk sounds like he has a lot of confidence in him, but obviously he's not going to tell the, the media that, that he sucks. So, uh I think it's been an interesting game. The, the the best, the luckiest part for the Grizz. I mean, not lucky. It's not like, but uh, the best thing happening for the Grizz going into this weekend is Eastern is not the Eastern of years past. Eric Barrierier is not the Gage Gabrud of years past. They just don't have the same talent that they've had, uh, you know, the last five or six years. Thankfully for the Grizz, because especially going into this game without Snead, they're going to need. They needed to play a, an Eastern team that's down this year, and they are down. Yeah, I'm glad they're not playing like number four ranked Eastern. Um, yeah, but I, I do think I, you know, I think that I, I think Hacks while Sac State is good, I think they might be a little overhyped right now, especially compared when you look at the LeBron comparison someone made last night. Um, I think Eastern is probably a little underrated. Like this is still a very talented roster. Um, they have a, a good coaching staff. Um, and they've, they've had bad losses, obviously I mean, that Idaho loss. Oh my God. But it, you know, this is not a team you can overlook. And this is, no, this is a team any. that no. look, if the Grizz are good, um, if the Grizz are actually as good as we've kind of assumed they are, uh, this is a game you have to win playing an unranked team at home. That has to be a win. If you're going to do damage in the playoffs, this is a game that you should win. Uh, the fact that Snead is banged up, like that kind of gives them an excuse, but that doesn't take any pressure off of the fact that they need to get uh, three more wins. 
to lock in, lock themselves into the playoffs and they have five games to do it. And they have uh, some pretty tough games coming up. They do. They definitely do. Right now, uh, the Grizzlies are ranked 118th out of 136 in passing yards uh, given up on the year. Eastern Washington comes into this game with the number nine ranked pass offense in the country. So they're going to be doing their damage through the air if they can. Uh, Eastern's pass defense, not that great though either. 107th in the country. So Humphreys is not coming into this game and going against, you know, a Weber State defense, uh, you know, or a top echelon passing defense by any sense of the imagination. So that that's that's one maybe co- little bit of comfortability for you, Bear Tycoon, going into this game is that he's not coming in and just facing this buzzsaw defense. It is a team that you can score points on. Sac State scored 48 on them. Northern Colorado scored 21. North Dakota, 20. Idaho, 35. Jacksonville State, 49. So it's not this defense you really have to be scared about. And obviously, Montana has the weapons at wide receiver to to help really any quarterback <laughs> that's throwing them the ball. Yeah, they didn't I mean, last week. They looked like shit last week. But yeah, he I mean, has some weapons like to shit, work but with. But, I mean, the grid, it just – they couldn't – they, it seemed like they couldn't catch their breath. They just they got down. They were trying to fight back, and sa- they just didn't. They couldn't stop Sacramento State. Um, you know, their their receivers still looked. I mean, I guess I might be biased just based on a few very exciting plays that occurred during the game. But like, receivers looked good. They dropped some 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 catches that you know they catch nine times out of ten. Um, nine. You know, like it, there was. It was a frustrating game, but a lot of what went wrong was stuff that has not been going wrong all year for the Grizz. So uh, I'm hopeful that they can turn things around, that that game was, uh, was an oddity and not the, you know, what this team is, but yeah. And we'll see this. We're not going to weekend to see. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see this weekend. Luckily, luckily, like I said, the games aren't played on computer rankings or in Sagarin rankings. They're played, uh, on the field, and luckily for the Grizz, this one is at home, but it'll be a fun one to watch for sure because it will tell us a lot about both teams. Yes, and this is yeah. the Root Sports Game of the Week. Ty Gregoric listed as talent for this game. Last time this happened, he was listed. He was not part of the, the broadcast crew, so we'll see We'll see what happens. Ty, if you want to give us a shout, let us know what's going on. We'd appreciate it. Yeah, he it. loves us. Yeah. Thanks, Ty. Yeah, thanks, so that's that's crazy. So uh, after the bye week, you know, I took a lot of time off from you know Bobcat football, just you know recharge the batteries, I guess you could say. Uh, Montana State this week traveling to North Dakota. The bye week couldn't have come at a better time for me as a fan. I don't know about players. Like I don't know what happens if you lose a game. Like if you want to get back out there and prove that you're not a bad team, or if you do want this time to get healthy and just take a breath. Don't know. Never was a player. But as a fan. Why we came in an awesome time, clearly. North Dakota, not big sky, but kind of big sky. What are your initial thoughts about this game? If, would you be nervous if you were a Cats fan? Yeah, I mean, I'd be nervous. I think you are unquestionably the better team. Um, I think, do we not, is there not a line on this game yet? Let's There's see. a pick them. Pick them. So I think you're a better team, right? Uh on going on the road, having to be a pick 'em, but this is—I mean, North Dakota is not a team to 
this is not a pushover team. They have played some some good games. They beat UC Davis. Uh, they played Eastern tough, which you know that looks a little different, different now. now. Yeah. Um, but they have four. They have four FCS wins, and you know, regardless of where like Drake and Sam Houston State fit into the overall FCS picture, like I don't know, but an FCS wins an FCS win. Uh, their losses. The only loss that I mean, they lost to NDSU. They lost to Eastern. The only loss that stands out as you know a little, a little you know, little troubling. If I was a North Dakota fan, was the blowout uh, at Idaho State where they lost fifty-five to twenty. This is a yeah, this is a really really solid team. Going on the road is hard. Um, wherever the hell in North Dakota they're located, it's not easy to get to. Um, so yeah, I'd be I'd be worried as a Cats fan, especially with the you know the this late in the season, if you have a weakness, teams now have enough film where they can really game plan against you and uh, exploit that weakness. Your weakness as the Bobcats is obviously your quarterback position, and so uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, the fact that you don't have a quarterback that yeah problematic, insanely nervous, and I don't think Tucker Ovig's the answer. And I know he's you know threw for over two hundred yards against Sac State, but just. I was just done with it after that Sac State game. I had to have no confidence in any quarterback that we're trotting out there. Trey Anderson's not even healthy enough to play quarterback right now. We have no options at all to improve that position in the middle of the season. Makes me unbelievably nervous. Uh, I, I, it, w- it was just a weird bye week where I just I literally just stopped following anything Bobcats football after that loss. So I'm kind of just going back to my Sac State memories and, you know, no run game to speak of. They, they shut us down pretty well there. No quarterback game to speak of. But I do have to go back to some of those games before and trust in that run offense. You know, Sacramento State ended up being a really good team. I think Montana State can run on, on anybody, you know, in the nation right now. Uh, North Dakota, their defense, their rushing defense is about 90th, so they're they're – in the second half of the pack in their rushing defense, their passing defense is, is top 30. But when you don't have a passing offense anyway, it doesn't really matter. You're not putting a lot of pressure on that pass D. They really are going to be having to go against that, you know, second half of the of the FCS rushing defense. So I think Montana State has a chance on the ground to really control this game where they couldn't do that against, you know, Sacramento State. Hopefully they're not playing from behind so they, they don't have to rely on a quarterback play, but Still nervous about this game on the road against a team that's not bad. They have a, a very talented quarterback in Nate Ketteringerham. He's been around for a long time. He's a former Sac State quarterback. So obviously, it's not, this is not a pushover game at all. This is a game that I thought two or three weeks ago that the Cats would roll by maybe 20. But then I yeah. saw the Cal Poly game, and then I saw the Sac State game, and now I'm like, I just want to win. That's literally all I need. I don't care about the stats. I don't care about how good it looks. We just need this FCS win. Need to get, get the ship righted uh, because – you know, after this game, they do have a few weeks where they they don't have to perform at the highest level. They got Southern Utah and Northern Colorado, so two wins there. But this this is a very very big game on this schedule just to get some momentum back against a a better than shitty team. Yeah, and I mean it's hard to it's hard to imagine the Bobcats losing two in a row, especially with the bye week uh, in between there. Uh, and you know, I think one thing I did some deep analytics. And I think you're going to like this stat. Nice. Guarantees almost the Bobcat victory. This year, looking at North Dakota's schedule, win-loss, 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 win. 
you know, I found a pattern. There's a pattern there. There's math there, I think. Loss. You know, if the pattern follows, loss on Saturday at home against Montana State. And if you look at Montana State's schedule, they went loss, five wins, loss. Guess how many games they have left. Yeah, guess how many games they have left in the regular season. I love it. Yeah. And then losing. We're all about patterns here. Da Vinci. Like yeah, that sucks. But at least we got the Cat Griswin again. <laughs> <laughs> Just so happened to fall on the fifth win. Uh, the crazy part, when you think about that, though, you, you're like, it's kind of hard to think of Montana State having two losses in a row, especially coming off a bye. They could have damn, they could have lost that Cal Poly game. That thing went oh, to yeah. overtime. They probably should Yeah. Montana State, you know, got that first stop in that overtime against Cal Poly. Cal Poly scores a touchdown there. I mean, it obviously changes the momentum of it. Chris Johnson – or not Chris Johnson, Jesus. Travis Johnson ended up scoring in overtime. But changes the whole complexion of the game if, if Cal Poly scores first in that overtime. Yeah. Uh, not two great showings in a row, which made me – I think that's probably the – everything compounding on itself made me more pissed after that Sacramento State game. Uh, I'll be cautiously optimistic going into this North Dakota's uh, North Dakota game, hoping that Choate kind of got things going the right way. They had some good practices, hopefully got some guys healthy. I hope Isaiah Fonse comes back full strength. He kind of said that Troy's not going to be full strength probably the rest of the year, but he's a tough dude. So hopefully this 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 week, two weeks of treatment, just hanging out, not getting hit, helped out. But looking forward to it just to kind of remind me about Montana State football. You know, it's kind of weird after that week you kind of – get disconnected a little bit when you don't have a game every weekend. Yeah. So I am uh, looking forward to getting to that. My week's great for, I'm sure great for the players, but uh, terrible for fans. Yeah. It might've been good for my psyche though this time. Maybe. I needed it. I needed to go to those two. I needed to go to that UW game and that Seahawks game just to, just to watch some football without feeling like every play in my life depended on it. Yeah. No, that's fair. Um, yeah. Is that any other thoughts on this game? I mean, what's your prediction? Um, predicting Montana State wins by six. Wins by six. Okay. Uh, I'll buy that. I think the Grizz. <sighs> what did I do last week? All right. I, I think predicted, I predicted the Grizz were going to beat Sacramento State, and then they lost. So I'm predicting yep. the Grizz will lose against Eastern Washington. Well, I'm going to I'm gonna match your reverse jinx. I think the Grizz are going to win that game by seven. Doesn't matter. Grizz lose by three, Eastern Washington, lock it in. All right. So that's our in-depth analysis on patterns of schedules, uh, deep dive into the analytics of Montana State and Montana football. One guy who we don't know if he does any research before he makes his picks. It's Montana Parlay. He's up next. Not in first place anymore, I don't think, in in our Big Sky uh, Podcast Network gambling. He could be. I don't know. Yeah, is he's he? doing great. He's trying real hard. He's trying real hard, but he'll win you some minties. Uh, if you follow him on Twitter, at Montana Parlay. But here he is in person, Montana Parlay, with his Parlay's Picks of the Week. Welcome to another edition of Parlay's Picks. I'm Montana Parlay. Last week, we had a little winning streak come to an end as Kel Pauly could not hold on to a lead at home against North Dakota. Let's right the ship this week and get back in the black. Montana opened as nine and a half point favorites at home against Eastern Washington, who's coming off a bye. Money quickly came in on Eastern Washington as it's now sitting at seven and a half. 
Montana State is traveling to North Dakota off thereby, where they found themselves as two and a half point underdogs to open. That game is now a pick'em. I'm gonna do a little Homer parlay here and put $10 on Montana State to win the game, parlayed with Eastern Washington to cover the seven and a half point spread. That bet would pay out 25 minties. Another game I wanna keep my eye on is Weber State at UC Davis. Weber State finds themselves as a two and a half point underdog on the road. But the what I like to look at right now is the over under, which is currently sitting at 54 and a half. Now, UC Davis supposedly has a bad run defense. The numbers show it, but I think they're gonna focus on stopping the run against Weber. That says play the under. Weber has been putting up points against bad teams. That says play the over. I think you've got two teams that need a win and can put up points. 54 and a half is pretty low in the FCS. I'm gonna take the over. I'm putting 15 minties on that. Cash it in. Let's go. Good luck to everyone this week. Again, I'm Montana Parley. Hit me up on Twitter, Instagram, and listen to all the podcasts on the Mint Sports Network. All right, thanks to Montana Parlay for his picks of the week. Now, this is a, this is actually the first, and, and thank you for filling in for the last two bye weeks, Montana yeah. Parlay. We didn't say thank you before. Did a great job. Nice work, Parlay. Did a great job. Got me got me pretty buzzed up the first weekend, <laughs> uh, the first week we did it. So had a had a fun time doing that for two hours and didn't feel amazing in the morning, but it was pretty fun anyway. God, he's been doing double duty two weeks. Yeah, in a dude. row here, and then he was uh, big sky, big takes. He loves two weeks podcasting. In a row. What a guy, crushing what it! What a dude! Thanks, Montana Parlay. All right, so we have the two segments left. We have our around the big sky, looking forward to this weekend's games, and then we'll end with our watch party. So first up, we'll skip the Montana State Montana game because we will do those last. But we do have well, we already talked Idaho about them State. Too. Yeah, but we we go back to. We we don't skip them. I guess we just can't pick them as our games of the yes. week. Yes. Okay. Fair enough. Okay. So you're right. Sorry. You're right. You know what? I'm going to start that over. I have no yeah, other. No. You're no other you, takes. No. no other it made takes. sense. It made sense. I'm going to start with Montana State North Dakota because that's the first game on the schedule, an 11 a.m. Mountain Time start for that Montana State North Dakota game. So that is a perfect brunch game. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is our brunch game of the week. Montana Brunch State, game of the week, Montana, North Dakota. Yep. It's still morning, a late breakfast. You won't be hungry until, you know, you can have a light snack at three or four. Yeah. That's Go a out great to dinner call. on a Saturday night. Check out montana-mint.com. Nate has posted uh, a recipe to his famous frittata. And, uh, ah, uh, I do have one if you want me to do that yeah, for real. It's up on the website. Uh, and he, uh, you know what? I'm going to come out. I'm writing it down. I'm going to come out with your Saturday Bobcat brunch schedule yeah a little blue and gold mimosa he was talking about it when we were off air uh it's gonna be a nice nice little saturday for bobcat fans nice little treat for cats fans yeah. this is our brunch game they deserve it it's about time thank <laughs> yeah it's about time we had our brunch game of the week um and then 
the next game on the docket is Eastern Washington at Montana. That's a noon start. So you just missed the brunch game of the week. This is where you go to like, uh, you know, a nice sports bar, get yep. some wings. Get a burger, get uh, some wings. This is your lunch game. This is your this is your lunch early lunch game of the week. Call ahead. Make sure they have Root Sports Northwest wherever you're watching that's the game the, from. That's a good point because, yeah, they should have it if you're going to a good sports bar, especially if it's in Montana, they'll have Root Sports. I've been able to find yeah, – that's, that's your – Yeah, I've been able to find Root Sports Northwest like – in all corners Anywhere. of the country as yeah. if it's a sports bar with a full sports package, you can get it, but you might want to call ahead. Yeah. That's, that's bear tycoons advice on calling ahead. So that is your sports bar lunch game of the week at two Oh five mountain time. We have Idaho state traveling to Cedar city, Southern Utah, expecting probably even less fans than the UC Davis game. So Idaho state trying to get back on track after a pretty, the embarrassing loss to their cross state rivals, Idaho. Idaho State three and four. I think they have one conference win, two conference wins. Yeah, two and two. It's a pretty boring game. They actually have two boring games in a row. They have Southern Utah this week and the Northern uh, Northern Colorado the next week. So it's almost like a Montana State schedule after the the North Dakota game. Uh, so really nothing exciting to talk about in this game besides you who do you agree that Idaho State probably wins this game by 30? Yeah, probably. I mean, who cares? This I'll is, say like 15. This is the nap who cares? game. Yeah. Nap game of the week. Take your nap. Yes, yeah, so this is two. Yeah, this is 205, uh, 205 Mountain Time. Watch the end of the Grizz game. This game will be heading, you know, like right out. This Pluto, will be like guess, in the middle of the second quarter when the Grizz game's done. Let's take a little nap. Just put it on when you get to the house. Put it on Pluto. Go to sleep. Wake up at 4 p.m. Yeah. For Portland State at Northern Arizona if you're a weirdo and actually want to watch this game. The how I'm always fascinated by the travel schedule for for some of these teams. Is Idaho State chartering a flight to get down here to to Southern Utah? It's a almost eight hour bus ride. I doubt it. I mean, I bet they bust that. You best that they bust it. Cause I mean, if you fly, think about their budget, man, they didn't even play an FCS game. <laughs> That's true. But they before saved this so started. much they money. Were, like, they, but they needed the money just to probably put the damn team on the field. Like they're going to bust down there. There's no way that's a chartered flight. I wonder if we can find out. I'm going to, I bet we could ask Andrew how, yeah, I'm going to text him. See if he knows. We'll put that up on our Twitter uh, tomorrow. Just for anybody who listened actually this far in the podcast and wants to know if Idaho state's busing down to Cedar. Honestly, City, Utah. I feel strongly about this next statement. The most interesting part of this game is figuring out how Idaho state got down there. Look, they played, they, they have two FBS games on their schedule. They have all that money coming in. They should charter a flight. They need the money and they're not going to spend it on this. Good, because they go counterpoints. They're they're home Montana, home Davis, and then they got an easy trip to Eastern Washington. They're this is if they don't fly down there, they basically don't have to buy any plane tickets the rest of the year. Yeah. All right. Good counterpoint. I think they're busing. All right. We'll, we'll find out. We'll let you know. Yeah, but everything else about this game, do not care. The only thing maybe is like how much Case Cook has pads his touchdown records stat. Yeah. Which I don't even give a shit about. Like, he already has the record. Why do I care? It's like when Barry Bonds beat Hank Aaron's record and then nobody knows how many home runs he actually hit in his career. Yeah. Because nobody really cared about it after he broke the record. Well, Case Cook Case is, Cookies could break the record again this weekend. 
His own record? Breaking his own record. Every touchdown he throws, he's breaking a record. Yeah, every touchdown's a new record. I guess. Think about it. A good counterpoint by you, I guess. Yeah. So that's that's a 4 o'clock p.m. That's like when you kind of wake up and may it depends on how many beers you have at the sports bar. Like if you had seven or eight, you came home, took a nap and you wake up and you're a little bit groggy. You don't know if you're going to go back into that fridge and grab the next beer mm-hmm. uh, for the next game. Or if you kept it responsible or you're or, or you maybe just want to get rid of the grogginess that uh, Portland State Northern Arizona game may be the one where you drink like one beer just to see which way you're going to go the rest of the night. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe try a light beer. Just to get some booze in your system and see what your body's telling you. Just see where you're going. Which way is it going to go? Because at 5 o'clock Mountain Time, we have a pretty interesting game. This is where it gets interesting. And this is probably the best game besides our, our two teams' games. Uh, Weber State traveling to Davis to take on UC Davis. So we would have thought this game would have been a matchup of two top five teams when we saw this on the schedule at the beginning of the year. Yeah. No doubt. One of those teams is still in the top five. Yep. One of those teams is barely hanging on in the top 25 poll. But I love everything about this game. This game could be the one that Weber State drops. Do I think they will? No. Why not, though? I mean, I just think Weber State's played a lot of weird games. True. I mean, they let Idaho put up a a ton of points on them, right? Like, it was was a close game against Idaho. I, I. I th- I mean UC Davis is is favored in the game. UC Davis Which makes zero sense. Well, I mean it's at UC Davis. Weber State is probably also bussing there. Um UC Davis pulling up their schedule, their losses they don't have a loss to a bad team, right? They're 4 and 4 and their losses FBS Cal, North Dakota State montana and north dakota who we just discussed is like a better than average team so i just think back to the way that uc davis lost to montana because my stupid brain just remembers montana and montana state games yeah and they just and they got absolutely rolled yeah and then sac state came and just absolutely stomped montana and so i just think of it that way is that if sac state can beat montana like that then uc davis uh is weak so yeah but weber Weber. weber kept it respectable against nevada Kept it respectable against San Diego State, mm-hmm. losing both of those games by six to FBS opponents. And they have basically shit-canned everybody else except for Idaho, who they only won by six. But we know Idaho's a weird team anyway, so it's really not surprising. Yeah, I think Weber is – if I were Weber State, if I were their coaches, I would love all the – I would love how everyone's hyping up Sacramento State. Because Weber is – they don't have a bad game on their schedule, right? We're seven games into the year. They're seven games into the year. Not a bad game. Five FCS nope. wins, two FBS losses. Uh, and no one's talking about them being like the darling of the big sky. No one's talking about them being the best conference. We've we've had both Montana schools ahead of them. We had UC Davis Eastern ahead of them to begin the year. We've been flirting with like, oh, Idaho State, these guys look cute. I don't know about NAU. Maybe they can make a run. No True. one is talking we just about, forget about Weber. No one is talking about Weber, mostly because they don't have a reporter. Like no one covers this team. But they are they are solid. So uh they have two very tough road games ahead. UC Davis, I mean, they're... Yeah, they have a tough schedule. Yeah, they go at UC Davis at SAC, their next two games. And then two games after that at Montana. Yep. Um, So, I mean... Three out of the last five games are top 25 games. 
Yeah. We, I mean, look, Weber state is in my opinion, the best team in the conference. If I were, if there was like a conference title game and the Grizz got into it, the team I would want to face the least in the conference right now is Weber state because their defense That's saying something after you get beat by 27 sacks. Sure. But their defense, Weber state's defense is incredible. And as we, as we talked about earlier in the pod, uh, their offense is the narrative is that they're bad. But when you look at the numbers, uh, they can number 55 scoring offense in the country. Yeah, they can put up and points. The, they, they, they pair the number 55 offense in the country points per game with the number 18 defense points per game, which is pretty incredible. Pretty, pretty good. You know what's kind of crazy, though? And this is just a kind of a side point that stats are fun. Their, their average points per game is 29.1. Their average points given up per game is 20.4. You would think that the difference between like the 55 scoring team and the 18 defense yeah. would be a lot more than like nine points a game. Yeah. Just kind of funny how little how nine points can set you. It's just, if you would, if I would have said that Weber state won every one of their games, 29 to 20, you'd be like, eh, nothing impressive. That's a, that's a good point. I mean, they are, you know, their offense though really relies on rushing and they're the 29th best rushing team in the country. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to figure out where they rank in the big sky. 29 fourth in the big sky. So. Fourth. I think it's also that nobody cares about them because their logo is insanely boring. Yeah. This is yeah. like that purple and silver cat. They should just rebrand. What what town are they in? They have to at this point. Uh pro no, they're not Provo. God, I I always forget this. Ogden. Ogden. They should just rebrand as like University of Utah Ogden. Like that's more intimidating yeah. than Weber State. <laughs> the other or just change their logo. Change their logo, rebrand the the school. The other team, there's talk of Dixie State joining the Big Sky Conference as the number 14 team. Uh rebrand. Dixie State brings the credibility of oh, yeah. our conference down. That is a terrible name. That logo is horrible too. Horrible. It's like a bison, but I don't think they're the bison. They could go, un- you know, they could win the conference, go undefeated. They're also right by Southern Utah. Like they're in Southern Utah. Yeah. Yeah, actually, the coolest part about Dixie State joining the conference would be that they are actually a closer drive to Las Vegas than Cedar City is. Oh, great point. Yeah, they're the Trailblazers. It's only like an hour and a half. They're the Trailblazers, and they have yeah, uh, big a bison, bison, right? Yeah. So weird. And their colors don't even, like, I, I don't It's weird. Get used to it. Um, we don't want more Southern Utah teams in the league because their, their brand of football is not good, but... I am okay with a, a game being that close to Las Vegas. Yeah, that's an interesting wrinkle. Um, the uh, I can't remember what city they're in, and it's like it's not Jordan. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's close to Vegas. That'd be fun. Yeah, they're in St. George, Utah. St. George, I knew it was a giant there. Yeah. So, oh, look at me with my Southern Utah geography. Good job. Um, I know my Southern Utah geography better than either Dakotas, I guess. Yeah, I know almost nothing about the Dakotas. So, <laughs> that's your 5 o'clock Mountain Time game. That's the one where you're sitting back down. You're ready to roll. Maybe you put the TV outside or turn on your outdoor TV to watch that game. Because that <laughs> one's actually going to be a really fun one to watch. Yeah. Yep. And you're back on the horse. Maybe you changed over to a nice vodka or a nice whiskey. That That's the one where you start your night. It's a 5 o'clock start. See how the game goes. Call up some friends. Maybe go downtown after that game. That's a fun one, though. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's the game know. of the week. Game of the week. 
for oh that's easy the game week and then and then we have the six o'clock mountain time start we have sacramento state at cal poly um trap game i i am uh i think so um <laughs> i think the line is insanely high 14 and a half um I think you know Cal Poly's record stinks, but they've played some teams tough, right? They dominated. Interesting team too. Yeah, they dominated uh, San Diego earlier in the year. They played the Cats into overtime. Uh, I believe this game is in Cal Poly, right? It's in Slow. Yep. And so, how far how far a drive is that? That's um four and a half hours. Okay, so I mean that's wait from where from Sac State. Oh, from I'm sorry, I just was thinking Davis. <laughs> I mean, it's the same. It's it's going to be a four and a half hour drive uh, to get from the greater Sacramento area down to San Luis Obispo with no traffic. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a, uh, it's close, but not super close. I don't know. I, I do think this traffic game at 14 and a half line to me is super high. I think Cal Poly definitely covers and I'm tempted to say that they win this game. I think Sac state is just, Whoa. I think Sac state is a great football team. But I think there's more parity in the conference than people realize. I think that Cal Poly, while their record is bad, uh, has shown that they can be frisky at times. Um, You're going Cal Poly, huh? Let's see. Let, let me. Oh, not very. You got to go with your gut here. And it doesn't sound like your gut wants to go with Cal Poly. It sounds like you want to do it for content. Cal Poly, two in five, wins San Diego, Southern Utah. Okay, not great. Uh, close, close games though against the Cats and North Dakota. Those both came within the past three weeks. Um, I just don't see it happening with the way Sacramento State shut down one the Grizz's running game and the Cats running game. Basically, Cal Poly's whole offense's running game. I think Sac State wins and covers this game. All right, here's what we're gonna do. I'm gonna give both takes. Jerry, when uh, <laughs> we'll post this. Uh, you post this take. No, oh, of course, of course. Uh, 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 Cal Poly's going to lose this game to Sac State. Sac State is so good. All right, so keep that one in. Um, if Cal Poly loses, just my gut is telling me I think Cal Poly's going to win. So I just want put this one in. Then if if they end up winning, just splice it in. We'll get it in on uh, Sunday, uh, and then I can tell everybody to download that episode and listen to it. So put this take in. Yeah, I mean I think Sac State. I think they're a little overhyped. I think that's probably getting in their head. They got Herky the Hornet dancing all over the field with fireworks. That was the peak of their season. That was their Super Bowl. And Cal Poly's frisky. I think Cal Poly takes this game, no question. Okay. Oh wow. Go got both takes. That was take two. Good to go. I might just take out the. I might have Jerry take out that first one, uh, just so they don't have to ever do that again. Okay. Well, either way, as long as <laughs> as long as I'm right, just want to be on the record that I was right. I feel like in your gut you think Cal Poly actually wins this game, and I'm going to go with Sac State. I think they are for real. I've been uh, way too Thompson's high on Cal Poly all year, though. I think you have to be. Yeah. What's wrong with being high on someone? It's like you have to, you have to pump the brakes. You don't have to pump the brakes. I think that team's really good. Cal Poly. Oh shit, Sac State. Yeah, I'm at Sac State. No, I've been I've been too high on Cal Poly all year. Oh, for sure, for sure. There's something about Cal Poly from back in the day when they weren't even in the conference where they'd always beat the Grizz like once every two years. And you're like, that's a strong team. Yeah. That just sticks with your stupid brain. Yep. And it's just like, oh, triple option. That just sticks with you. Like maybe the triple yeah. option isn't that hard to defend against. I mean, they're 
two and five. It looks so. it was boring <laughs> as hell to watch. Yeah, there's people. That's the problem with this game. It's a six o'clock game. I'm gonna want to go out like downtown and grab a couple beers, and I don't want to watch the triple option. So this is the game you don't watch, but you look at your uh get that you look at your scoreboard on your ESPN app just to see if Sac State's taking care of business. Yeah, correct. And if it looks close, you can just flip on your Pluto TV app at the bar. And everybody at the bar is like, "What the fuck are you watching? Why does it look like?" This is Cal Poly we're talking about too. So, why are you watching scrambled porn on your phone at a bar? <laughs> Wait, I have a question about Pluto TV. Um, I thought you were going to ask a question about scrambled porn. I was like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you don't, don't know. That. If anyone knows about scrambled porn, it's you. Um, Cal- <laughs> Pluto TV. So they play the games live. They have the rights to Big Sky Games, um, but then the channels sit largely uh, vacant. Unused? Why not? Yeah. Why not just replay the games? Over and over and over again. Well, I, mean, Ban- I would assume ban- something with bandwidth, or I don't know. I don't. I mean, but they're pro- they're broadcasting something on these channels. Like they're broadcasting the, you know, your game will start soon. Like they're happy. True. Maybe they only. I have don't understand the, the model of Pluto. Rights, like but... I don't understand how you show ten thousand channels for free. So I guess <laughs> I don't even know their question. business model. Like I don't understand it at all. So I don't understand why they would do or not do something because I just don't understand the premise of Pluto TV and how they have like more than three people employed by them. Yeah, it is. It's a mystery. Um, I it's like I nothing's for free. It's like, well, what are you putting on my phone or my computer when I'm watching these games? Like, are you stealing all my data? Are they just because trying... nothing in life is free and Pluto is free? And I feel like there's a hidden agenda somewhere on this. I mean, are they just trying to kind of accumulate? a bunch of content and then sell it to somebody. It's weird. Are they, I don't understand. Are it. they like trying to prove the concept of this technology and are just running on like VC money? Um, there's a lot of questions. I don't know. I <laughs> like, what do you, what do you do when you're in Silicon Valley and you come up with this idea and you're pitching it to investors, maybe to an incubator or something. And you're like, okay, get this. An app has all these channels on it where most people aren't going to want to watch any of the movies that are on there. It has some like weird big sky games, but people are going to love it. And the best part, all these channels for free. For free. It's uh, and the guy's like, I'll give you money for that. That sounds freaking awesome. Yeah, You know how everyone's moving to this on demand model? Well, we thought, what if we put, we thought we would just basically take 5,000 channels <laughs> all in a row. There's no way to search them. Okay. Cause we want people to be on their toes it's live streaming. We have the rights to all of these, it. all of these, you know, shows and movies. Can't watch them on demand. Only, only live, only from your phone, or you can download our app on your TV. Uh, but again, no searchability and no way to pause, no way to rewind. Uh, what do you think? And they do it. Genius. Genius. Here's here's ten thousand dollars. It's come full circle. Pluto TV also. The, a few weeks ago, I was waiting for a game to start, and one of the channels above the Big Sky channels had, like, it was this vague, like, uh, digital football or virtual football playoffs. I was like, well, that could be interesting. I'm thinking it was a real football game. It was someone was playing, like, a, a knockoff version of Madden, and huh. there were announcers like announcing the game and it was the playoffs for whatever league this was. And so I don't know if it's like, wow. you know, the NBA has that, like the, yeah, the, the, league. Yeah, the NBA E league. Yeah, yeah. Whatever it is. Um, 
So I don't know if it was something like that, but they definitely did not have NFL rights. Like it was all fake teams, all fake players, uh, but real announcers uh, giving wow. the play-by-play on this. So Pluto's weird. Super weird. Have you ever seen the commercials too during games? It's like you download an app where you can basically like get a um, payday advance loan. Yeah. And they're talking about how amazing it is. It's like, I don't get paid for another two weeks, but I need my money now. I don't wait for my paycheck to come. Yeah, that's how banks And work. I was like, oh my God, please nobody download this app. Well, unless the app And everybody is looks made, so happy. And they look the like they're like. the app is made by the Pluto oh TV God. folks because they don't charge money for stuff. True. It's all free. I just watched that. And I'm just like that scares the shit out of me for people who aren't financially literate. Uh, what's the interest rate? I Zero. hate those commercials. Zero. Pluto. TV zero for the first Pluto. day. If you pay us back within the next three days, it's zero percent. Uh, yeah. It's just the dumb. fourth day, fifty percent compounding daily. Yep. It's never a good idea. Those ads make me really uncomfortable. Yeah. Anywho, that's around the big sky for the week. <laughs> We digressed quite a bit into uh, Pluto Sports, as usual. I'm going to email somebody uh, not... about this. Why Why don't they just have the games on live stream? Why don't they just have like a Kakariz channel? If they had a Kakariz channel where they just showed all the Kakariz games from the past 20 years, <laughs> that's awesome. I would That'd tune into that. Oh, well, for sure. Everybody would. And you'd have people on the message where be like, hey, the next one up is the 2003 game. Yeah. I'd watch. Me too. Anyways. Free ideas for Pluto for free TV. Anyway, that's around the big sky. We have two updates on our watch party. So it's time for the watch party again. Yes, it's back. But I I would be remiss if I didn't uh, give my congratulations um, and uh, my sadness to the Brock Osweiler news from last week. Uh, I know that uh, I was off on a bye week when the biggest Brock news hit. Um, and now he's in the Lord's hands, what he's going to do in, in retirement. It hurt. So. I gave my piece last week. Uh, I think it'd be a nice gesture if uh, maybe you talk about your favorite Brock moment. Well, there's so many um, to choose from. Yeah, but it's like, what's your favorite one? Top one? Um, probably when. Um, probably when he was born. Yeah, that's a great one. That's definitely top ten for me. Uh, because it gave us all this content. He he gave us a, a Montana born quarterback who went to a Pac twelve school that wasn't a bust. Yeah. Yeah, he got drafted. And I think that did a lot for the state of Montana in terms of the national perception that we have about um Pac twelve quarterbacks born in the state of Montana. Mm-hmm. My favorite Brock moment, um, as you know, I have a bright orange uh, number 17 Brock Osweiler Broncos jersey and mm-hmm. wore it to a Ravens game last year and saw someone else bright orange number 17 jersey. So I ran over. I was like, I can't believe it. There's another one with an Osweiler jersey. He's like, no, this is my brother's jersey. And he turned around and like his brother played on the team and he was now number 17. He took Brock's number. Uh, Brock oh, must have given him permission. I didn't know that. Um, of course, but yeah, he that guy. He's a was, Super Bowl. He's a Super Bowl winning quarterback. That guy. I mean, you have to think that he's going to be in the Ring of Honor at um, Sports Authority Field or wherever it is now. Yeah, very definitely. soon. I hope so. I'll go out for that. 
But in all seriousness, can you imagine making like $49 million, never getting really injured, getting out of it with your legs still working, no concussions, a Super Bowl ring, no. the experience of playing Pac-12 football, playing in the NFL, it's like honestly, four cool cities that he lived in. It's so cool. And $49 million. Yeah, it's so cool. Hell yeah. I am. Get out while you can and yeah. don't listen to all the haters. You don't have to deal with all the shit. That's what he's doing. About people talking about a horrible contract. Like, take your 49 mil. No, I guess get out. Travel the world. Uh, yeah. Do whatever he wants. And that's it. Good for him. Yeah. Pretty cool deal for him. Yeah. So, congrats, Brock. And never say never. He may come back. We may have an Osweiler watch. He was uh, not again. He was not in the uh, XFL draft. FYI. Saw that. Saw that. That hurt. But why would you? Uh, so, our next one, uh, again, last week. On my bye week, missed a pretty big uh, happenings in the NFL with my best friend forever. Alex Singleton got the call up from the practice squad for the Philadelphia Eagles. Yep. Uh, called up to the active roster for the Sunday night game against the Dallas Cowboys. My boy did not get shut out in the box score. Had one total tackle, one assisted tackle. Uh, actually, it was one total tackle and it was assisted. But it was on special teams. It was a pretty big hit on a punt return, I think. And uh, that game was so damn boring that it was really hard for me to follow. And I was just getting out of the Seahawks-Ravens uh, game in Seattle and waiting for my flight. But awesome to see Alex get that call up. Uh, I know all of his family and friends were super excited. Me, I was very excited as well. Yeah, I remember, family and friends. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I'll put myself in there. Yeah. Uh, I, I remember uh, I was going to be out on the bye week and I texted you and I said, hey, Alex got the call up and uh, I was excited. You could probably tell through my text that I was excited. Yeah. The big siren went off in the Montana men's sports offices. It was a big day for us. It was a big day. So congrats to Alex. That was really cool. Um, good to see a, a dream like that. You, you, you take a, you bet on yourself and you get out of a, you're a superstar in the Canadian football league. Um, the whole city, uh, uh, you know, loves you up in Calgary. You take, you know, you bet on yourself, you sign the contract doesn't go your way. You get put on the practice squad after the preseason. You want to be on that on the on the main team on the on the big league team, uh, but sticks through it. Stays with the Eagles. Gets that call up. So pretty cool for Alex Singleton. Congratulations there, another Montana State guy uh, in the league. So that was that was pretty cool though. Yeah, good for him. Uh, he's, oh, he is now carry like he now has the torch. Firmly has the torch for uh, most important Montana in the NFL. Right. Not so fast. Okay. Great segue. Do tell. Like read my mind. Did you see that Redskins game? Yeah. Oh, the Redskins yeah. uh, 49ers game? Yep. Oh, yeah. Mike Person out of Glendive, Montana, former Bobcat. Picture seen around Twitter. Mud all over the face. Everybody just loving it because you don't see many natural fields get that muddy anymore. Looked like an old school, like when we were growing up, football player uh, with all the mud all over his face. So Mike Person getting a lot of FaceTime on the Twitters. For that pretty cool picture of him all muddy and everything. Yeah. What do you think so of this he's, idea? He's, I just came up with it. It's, I mean, it's an awesome picture. It's awesome to see him uh, out there. And it just highlights kind of how fun it is when it is a muddy field. But we have a lot of these, uh, you know, the fake turf, the yeah. turf with the, the ground up tires um, in there. What if we put like paint pellets in the turf, little mini paint pellets that would disintegrate uh, if it was raining out, and so then if you got tackled on it, it would it would create a similar effect. Yes. In okay. 
In. I, I don't know what league is going to be in with you, but I'm in. Okay. I'm gonna If Pluto can get if Pluto can get some investment money, I think you can too. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna get on the phone with the Pluto guys. Let's make this happen. Um, see, who, see who their idiot investors were and see if we can see them for some money too. <laughs> hey, idiots. We know that you got a lot of money for a terrible idea. Uh, can we have some of it for our idea and we'll stop talking about uh, the inconvenience Please. of Pluto compared to other forms of uh, television exactly. and entertainment? Though, I mean, thank God Pluto's Perfect. there. On the record, thank God they're there. But, I mean, why Why isn't this uh, why? <laughs> why isn't this better? Yeah. So that's all my watch parties. Did you have anything? Just want to flag. Uh, oh shit, did I close the window? Maybe Bob Stitt and oh here it is, Bob Stitt and the Texas State Bobcats one and two or two and four. They are coming off a bye week, um, but these stats I think are pretty pretty telling and just fit Bob Stitt to a T. So passing offense in the FBS ranked. 33rd. Am I reading this right? Yeah, ranked 33rd. Okay, that's pretty good. It's not bad. Pretty good. Uh, yards per completion, 123rd. It's not good. Do the math on that. I mean, he is just throwing the ball every single time. Um, Gress Jensen firmly has the starter job in hand he's their leader in every major passing category so uh it is not as fun to track these guys as i thought it would be but here we are nope here we are and here we are we're coming down to that time where we must say goodbye yes it's getting late it was another it's getting late it's another fun one though we're glad to be back together again the band's all back together it's gonna be a fun week of fun week of football just getting so close to Kekers. I'm starting to get goosebumps and butterflies just thinking about how close we are. We're a month away as of today, exactly a month away on this Wednesday when we're recording this. Don't Super forget, excited. Yeah, don't forget to tweet at the Grizz Fan Pod. Yes. If live show if for you Cat Grizz live show. is something you'd like to join, uh, it's something we're thinking about, but I haven't pulled the trigger because we don't know if anyone would actually come. And uh, if it's like only two or three people, you're going to get a special VIP experience in someone's hotel room. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, no microphones. So that's pretty cool. You'll just hear me and Nate talk. Um, yeah. I'll be on one bed. Bear will be on the other. <laughs> just talking. You can s- just talking. Just talking about the big sky. Just talking. All right, man. That's how we do it. All right. It. Let's get out of here. We love everybody. Thanks for listening. See you Thanks next for Thanks for Lady Moon and the Bird Dogs. They're going to play us out. Yes. See you guys all next time.